All right, we're back here on 6 o'clock hour on 760 WJR. You made it to the end of your working week. You're officially on your way home. So if you're thinking of um, getting some laughs this weekend, we have a suggestion for you at One Night Stands, yes. yeah. no D, Comedy Club in Waterford. Waterford. Tonight at, is it can't be 7. That can't possibly be right. You'd be late. Yeah, I think no, it's, it's 745. Seven. No, it's 7. I'm, seven? Going, I'm going on at 745. Oh, okay. All right. right. Show starts at 7 or 930. <laughs> you can see our guest who's comfortably sitting in the yeah, chair here, not good. worried about how to get to Waterford. <laughs> no. Uh, Craig Gass. And it is Craig Gass, uh, not Gass or anything else he was telling <laughs> us. Uh, unfortunately, it rhymes with gas. Uh, Craig, you may know from many, many different things. He was on the Howard Stern Show for a long time. He does a lot of voice impressions. He was... Uh, in the King of Queens, Family Guy, American Dad, Sex in the City, and other things. And he's kind enough to just come in and hang out with us for a little yeah. bit. Craig, happy I, to have you here. I got a crazy story for you. So okay. I was looking forward to coming in and telling you. I'm, I'm mostly known as a voice guy. Yeah, uh, I've always been able to do any kind of voice that I hear. And it's because of how I grew up. And that was the story I wanted to tell you. that I, And, and this is not a joke. Everyone in my family is deaf. My mom, my dad, and my sister are all completely deaf. You're like so, Coda. I am, and I never heard that phrase until I was in my 30s and I was auditioning to be Howard's sidekick. My mom showed me there's a deaf newsletter that all deaf people would get. I don't know if they still do it, but there's a deaf newsletter. And she said, they wrote about you in the deaf newsletter. And I'm, <laughs> I'm reading it, and it said, there's a Coda on the Howard Stern show, and I looked at her, and I said, what's CODA? And she said, oh, it's Children of Deaf Adults. That was the first time I'd ever heard that. Yeah. And of course, it went on to become a movie, a movie. that won, a the, movie. won the Oscar. That's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. About the same thing, a kid in a, in a household who's yeah. the only one who can hear Yeah, that. so growing up in a deaf family, I couldn't learn how to talk for my family. I learned how to talk by watching TV, wow. copying all the voices I heard. Never got an accent. From the no, Bronx. Because Craig is from New York. Yeah. And you don't hear any Nothing. trace of New York How you in doing? his speech. And everyone you're, in like my... the, you're like a neutral, you're like a, a vanilla American voice. <laughs> I, can, I can bend into anything I want. And everyone in my neighborhood, everyone in my neighborhood sound like Tracy Morgan. Everybody <laughs> in the Bronx <laughs> talk like this. Whether you black or white. <laughs> Male or female, that's crazy. <laughs> hey, this is the voice of your next door neighbor, and I'm a Vietnamese girl. That's crazy. <laughs> Everybody sounds like that. So the weirder the voice, the easier it is Wait, for me. I, I got to go back to the thing that you said before here. You learn to speak from television. Now, yes. I, it, maybe this is because I have a nine-month-old in my house right now, and we're, we're like doing the da-da-da-da thing. Mm -hmm. But... How do you initially learn to speak if your parents are deaf? Television doesn't start with the easy words. Yeah. It's already conversing. That's a good question. My memory just goes back to mimicking voices, and then I would entertain my family doing impressions that involved no voices. It was just body language. Yeah. Which is when I do impressions now, I think of the person... And their by language, their by language, yeah. and, and then, then the voice, you, and then the voice, and the voice just comes. But like, you don't, you didn't have someone come to the house when you were two or three, oh, and yeah. just teach you basic. My my grandparents lived in the same building, oh, okay. so my grandparents are around a lot. Okay, okay. But yeah, but I, I whenever I do voices, it's uh, like 
Tom Arnold uh, has a has a, a frenetic, uh, <laughs> kind of nervous energy. You know, I like fat women and cocaine, and uh, you know that's kind of crazy. That's that's where I live, you know. And then there's Al Pacino, whose uh, voice uh, he looks at you like he's looking through your soul. <laughs> Who? Uh, how, how perfect is that? Yeah. Um, so it's always the energy of that person, and then I and then I start to, uh, and the voice just kind of comes out. So the weirder the voice, the easier it is for me to do it. Like Christopher Walken has a real stop and go. <laughs> yeah. Kind of voice where he'll talk. He'll just <laughs> ramble on and on. Every once in a while, he'll stop. <laughs> and then he'll keep going. Or, uh, <laughs> or Adam Sandler, who, who is a uh, uh, fun and jibby do hee hoo. Like, you know. So, uh, they're friends, by the way. So, it started. Oh, really? Yeah. With Sandler? So, Adam Sandler and I are old friends. So, when I started getting into radio, I started being able to, uh, like, I would. Uh, start- well, wait, I, I don't want to get to radio yet. That's too, that's too far down the line. Yeah. I want to talk about, like, grade school. Yes. Or I, like, were you going into grade school imitating, like, cartoon characters and things like that? Yeah, I remember. You weren't watching Al Pacino when you were six, <laughs> I hope. No, no, no. But I was picking up the intonations of adults and was already making phone calls <laughs> to parents sounding like an adult using the vernacular of the adults. Even when you were a kid? Even when I was a That's kid. fascinating. To let them know, hey... Uh, you know, Dave's gonna be okay. We're we're watching him, and uh, he'll he'll be back. <laughs> this is your friend, your yeah. six year old friend. Yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would do impressions from him, and then I, and then I can remember. You had a lot of overnights at your house, I imagine. Yeah. By the yeah. way, if you're just tuning in, this is Craig Gas, who is in town here, and you should, if you haven't already gotten your tickets, you yeah. probably should. If you're Going listening fast. to what I'm listening to here, one night stands tonight in Waterford, and uh, seven o'clock and nine thirty tonight. Saturday night and a seven o'clock show on one day. One night stands comedy club dot com. You can also go to getgas.com. Get gas with two S's dot com to get tickets. So uh, then I get into high school and I would go to parties where people would go, Hey, if you uh, if we give you cocaine, would you do impressions for us? <laughs> this and is high school? This is high school. Yeah. And I go, okay. I go, yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, I got really good at impressions. You also got really messed up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, I yeah. also at least in your mind, yeah. you were doing some yeah. great impressions. Yeah, I think I remember in the 80s, what was it? It was uh, like Cliff Clavin, like, hey, you know that... Uh, yeah, this uh, cocaine was actually discovered in the early 1400s. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And then as I do more coke, yeah, and, uh, you know, I always love chopping it up and it always has a kind of fun. Yeah, you know, the, <laughs> Going the, faster The voice would speed up and speed up. But Did your parents have any idea that you were good at impressions? Um, yes, because I would do impressions for them without voices. Wow. So they didn't hear the voices. Right. They would hear... They would see the body language, and uh-huh. I would do impressions of everyone in our family. So, who is your best like physical body language impression? Maybe not necessarily the voice, but that you just could mimic that way. There's so many that I feel like when I'm when I do that impression, I just I can think of that person. You I started I started doing an impression of Gene Simmons from Kiss that bothered Gene Simmons so much <laughs> that he got on a plane and flew to New York to confront me live on wow. the Howard Stern show. Wow. How long is, had you been doing it before that point? Uh, 
on the show, I've been doing it for a few months. I started out doing a really, really dark piece of comedy, which was um, every time a bad person died. Someone we could all agree was a bad... I remember yeah. specifically Jeffrey Dahmer. When Jeffrey Dahmer okay. died, I would be on the air the next day as Sam Kinison broadcasting live from the gates of hell. With, welcoming him. Welcoming a dead guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's Sam Kinison. I'm down here in hell. And Jeffrey Dahmer just came down here, and this guy's looking at my ass like, it's a T-bone! Oh! 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 Yeah. Were you ever friends with Sam? No, I was <laughs> not friends with Sam. I, I was, but I was, I was friends with that. Yes. I, I'll tell you the I'll tell you the Gene Simmons story, and then you can do the Gene Simmons thing. So, so uh, I a friend of mine hooked me up with Gene Simmons because he said Gene Simmons wants to write a book, and I write books. And uh, he said Gene Simmons wants to write a book. So I had been in music when I was younger. I thought oh, this would be cool. I'll write a book about Kiss or whatever. So I go out to his house in Beverly Hills. He invites me out there. I drive up. Nobody there. I press a buzzer at the, at, at, the, at the thing, and, like, the, the gate mysteriously opens. <laughs> and I drive up. Nobody tells me where to go. Nobody greeting me or anything. So I, I walk out. There's nobody kind of in the front of the house. Nothing. So I come around to the swimming pool in the back, and there's Gene Simmons sitting on a, on a, on a lounge chair in a, in a terry cloth robe that does <laughs> barely reaches his junk. <laughs> His, his mini jean? Yeah, with nothing on underneath it. That's apparent. Hi, I'm Jewish. And he's just sitting there, and he, uh, he's Israeli. Uh, and not that I could tell. <laughs> I didn't get that close. But he, and he ends up, I sit down, he talks about his disbodied. I mean, so of course I have to right. sit that close to him. Sure. And he says, uh, now I don't do a Gene Simmons impression, but perhaps you can put this in. And he says, I want to tell you right off the bat. I want to tell you right off the bat. I don't want to write a book about music. I don't want to write a book about music. Nothing about KISS. Nothing about KISS. And if you nothing, want to go to KISSonline.com. And nothing about Cher. And nothing about Cher, who I made love to many times and I have pictures. I said, what is this book going to be about then? It's going to be about every woman I ever slept with on the earth. And I have... I was joking. And I have photos. And he proceeded to pull out... What? No. <laughs> wow. You didn't have to My pull out. I told you there was a robe, but the pulling wasn't involved. I'm yes. going to be 3,012. Oh, my God. He got, he got photo albums with snapshots yes. of these women. Famous for it. Just... Flipping through him, flipping through him, and he says, "I'm just going to go through all this." And and I'm thinking already, like, I got to get out of here. And his <laughs> wife or Shannon girlfriend, Tweed. whatever, Shannon Tweed, Shannon Tweed, comes over with some grapes. I mean, this is right out of Caligula. <laughs> comes out of grapes and starts feeding him grapes while she's sitting. And she looks at me. She goes, "I can't believe you're even considering writing this book. I have no respect for you." Wow. To me, wow. I'm like, no he respect to me. I just came here because I thought the guy wrote the book. Wow. You're feeding him grapes wow. and uh i the, the kicker was and i can't say it on the air yeah. i said what would you call this book and he said my 
Sharona. No. <laughs> my begins with an F and ends with ends with an S, as in the plurals. That's what he wanted to call the book. Uh, really? That was my experience with Gene Simmons. Uh, and, you know, I was like Woody Allen and Annie Hollis. I'm due back on the planet Earth now. I need to leave. And I managed to, like, he started showing me horror movie collections and things like that, and at some point I just More disappeared. More horror than what you'd already seen. <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, my uh, that's an amazing story. Yeah. The, the end of my show, uh, every show that I'm doing this weekend up there in Waterford is going to end with a piece of comedy I've been working on called I Think Gene Simmons is Going to Kill Me. And I, have a, I, have a, I have a collection of stories. Of run-ins that I've had with him wow. over the years. Well, how did that confrontation go at the Howard Stern show? Well, first of all, getting the uh, Gene Simmons impression years ago, I got a great piece of advice from a friend of mine who works with Aerosmith. A guy by the name of John Bianelli told me, if you want to learn how to do a Gene Simmons impression, watch Benjamin Netanyahu. It's oh. the same voice. Yeah. Well, uh, Hi, this is Benjamin Netanyahu. From Kiss, it's the same voice. <laughs> the same voice. And so, if you watch Benjamin Netanyahu, you got you got the thing down. You got it down. And by the way, place, that guy, John Bianelli, one of my best friends. Every time we called each other over the last twenty five years, that is how we communicate with each other. It's our thing. Yeah. When he picks up and goes, "Hello, hi, John. This is Gene Simmons <laughs> from Kiss. Hey, Gene, what's up? Not much. Listen, I hope you don't mind, but Aerosmith's entire catalog is available for forty nine ninety five. <laughs> oh, that's great. And something crazy happens about, uh, I want to say it was like 15 years ago, Kiss and Aerosmith put together a package tour where they co-headlined a tour across the country. And John is working in the front office for Aerosmith's management, which is called Vindaloo Music. And a lady, a receptionist goes, uh, John, it's a call for you. And he goes, yeah, put it through. And he picks up the phone. And he goes, hello. And he hears, hi, John, this is Gene Simmons <laughs> from Kiss. <laughs> and my friend John goes, what's up, you fat Jew bastard? <laughs> and there's a long pause. And he hears, I'm sorry. And there's another long pause. And John goes, Craig? <laughs> oh, no. And he hears, no, it's not Craig Gass. It's Gene Simmons. Oh, no. From Kiss. Oh, and he no. said from Kiss. Yeah. Oh, no. So um, I do this impression oh, of Gene no. Simmons, and we would have show meetings like, what do we do with this impression? What do we do with the impression? It sounds like Gene, but what's the angle? And I said, well, what if, what if every time we had a music guest in the studio, what if I interrupted the music guest as Gene Simmons and would just try to sell them crappy Kiss products? Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. And I said, oh, that'd be great. And they just let me have free reign. Every time a music guest came in, I would just rudely interrupt them as Gene Simmons. And this is like Coldplay. This oh, yeah. is Ted Nugent, Paul McCartney. Now, this is on the Howard Stern show. Yes. On the Howard Stern and, show. And were, could they see you? Were you there? Were you yes, phoning and, in? What? No, I was right there, and, right there. and they would stare at me, and I go, <laughs> I, the one that no Gene talks about is the fact that it wasn't even a music guest. It was Suzanne Summers talking about how she beat cancer, and apparently Suzanne Summers went to his house because she lives in his neighborhood yeah. and said, why did you do that to me? That was on the phone. That uh, she told this whole story about beating cancer, and I said- And you interrupted and said you wanted to sell her some products. Suzanne, this is Gene Simmons. <laughs> From Kiss, <laughs> I want you to know I'm very touched by your story of overcoming this fight. And that's why we want to offer you a Kiss lunch pail for twenty nine ninety five. dollars And she went to Gene's house and yelled at him. And then we come to find out down the road that the real Gene Simmons actually started getting hate mail 
because of the stuff uh, I was yeah. saying on wow. the air. Well, and, I can understand wow. why that's he was ticked good. off at you. And, that's what about, and by the way, everyone that's in that world with Kiss starts contacting me through mail, uh, messages, emails. I got a story for you. I got a story for you. So your story, yeah. there is a guy, there's two that really stand out. Uh, one is a guy who owns a recording studio in Los Angeles. He said, man, uh, I, I want to tell you I love your impressions. I'm, I'm a big fan of your impressions, especially your Gene Simmons, because Gene was the first guy to ever screw me over in the entertainment business. He actually came in to, to produce an album for a new artist. And at the last minute, he wanted to switch into my largest facility for the same amount of money. And when he showed up, he said... Did you get my message? I want to move to Studio A. And I said, I did. I actually called you back. I don't know if you got my message, but someone is using that recording studio. I asked them if they would switch, and they said no. Do they know that Gene Simmons from Kiss is here? (laughs) And the guy said, you know what? I'm not going to ask them again. But if you want to ask them, you can ask them yourself. He goes, all right, we're Studio A. He goes, it's all the way down the hall. It's the last door on the right. Gene Simmons goes walking down the hallway, opens up the door to Studio A, looks inside and sees the rap group, the Wu-Tang Clan, recording an album, and then closes the door, comes back up to the front and goes... Right, we're Studio B. He never even opened <laughs> yeah. his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. But the best story, maybe the worst, is the love advice. And by the way, I'm going to tell you a censored version of this story. Yes, Good. please. If this you come out to AM radio, yeah, yes. come out to Waterford this weekend to One Night Stands. I'll tell you the uncensored version. That uh, a guy that works with Kiss said, "I got an, a really great story for you. Maybe you can use it." When we were on tour 20 years ago, before he got married, Gene hooked up with Miss America while we were on tour. It was the reigning Miss America of that year, and he got and he hooked up with her. The next night, he hooked up with a tramp, just a girl that was such a mess that even the guys in the road crew went, Jesus, did you see that? <laughs> the next night, they have a day off in a town that's so small that the band and the road crew are staying in the same hotel. Typically, the road crew will stay at like a Hilton or something, right. and then the road crew will, or, or the band will stay in a, f- a five-star hotel. Right. But there's only one decent hotel in town, right. so they're all in the same hotel. And this guy's telling me from his point of view, he goes, I was in the bar when this happened. I turned around, and I, I just happened to turn around as Gene Simmons is walking through the bar, and he's dragging this enormous girl with him through the lobby, gets in the elevator, pushes the button to his floor, looks at me through the lobby, and then folds his arms and goes, oh, yeah, bing. And then the door's closed. <laughs> and he said the next day he saw him at Soundcheck and he goes, Gene, Gene, did, did you hook up with that girl last night? And Gene goes, of course. And he goes, Gene, didn't you hook up with Miss America the other night? He goes, Steve, listen to me, okay? I'm going to give you some valuable advice. You can't have filet mignon every night. Sometimes... You got to go to McDonald's. It's the worst <laughs> advice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Truly the worst. Oh Everyone oh. that I do impressions of has tried to meet me, and so I've gotten stories Did from Al Pacino them. ever uh, say anything? Al Pacino, there was a, I got a call from Vivendi <laughs> Entertainment once. By the way, Al Pacino was the first voice I ever did on Family Guy. Uh, I go in, and, and I don't know if you've had an experience where you... Don't you, over the years, end up getting people in the studio that you're a big fan of that... Have you ever overshot? You ever got a little too excited? And maybe... maybe, maybe uh, Pretty much everybody around this room has. <laughs> yeah? Uh, yeah. yeah? But Mitch, you never you never had like a... 
like like someone that you like, Paul McCartney. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I, I didn't. I didn't make an idiot out of myself no, with Paul McCartney. I got really excited yeah, to talk yeah. to Paul McCartney, but I didn't say something really stupid like 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 <laughs> uh, Chris Farley. Like, what was that band you guys <laughs> were in Remember before? The before, yeah. yeah. Beatles were awesome. Yeah. They were awesome, weren't they? So yeah. you never had any regrets. You never had regrets no. where you went, ah, man. I, I, yes. Okay. Once, Who? Brian Wilson. Oh boy. Because I asked Brian Wilson what was the saddest song that he'd ever written. Because I thought it would be an original question, like you know, everyone asks him about beach music, saddest song, and he said, "Uh, Caroline, no." You know, he talks like that, and I said, uh, "And we had it, and I played it right there, and I said, yes." Because, and he goes, "Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of sad song. I, I wish I hadn't played it. I feel kind of bad now." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was kind of ruined for the uh, rest of the interview. You asked him what the sad song, song. And, and then okay. I played it. Oh, have a seat. <laughs> yeah. Who, what relationship is the hardest relationship you ever had in your life? Well, yeah. guess what? Have a seat. We're yeah. bringing that horrible yeah. person back in your life. Yeah. This is the bitch now that, that I think your about heart. it, that does qualify, doesn't it? I got an amazing story about that guy. I have a lot of friends in the music industry who are guitar technicians, sound guys, and a friend of mine who's a guitar tech for a couple of really huge artists was telling me his best friend is the guitar tech for Don Henley. And Don Henley finds out that Brian Wilson is doing an art exhibit in Los Angeles. <laughs> Don Henley, apparently the biggest Beach Boys fan in the world. Yeah. And Don Henley, uh, first album he ever purchased was Pet Sounds yeah. by, uh -huh. by uh, the Beach Boys. Uh -huh. So he's taking this album and he's going to go to the art exhibit to meet <laughs> Brian inside, Wilson. Yeah. And he brings the guitar tech who becomes a witness to this story. Don Henley walks in and he, and he sees Brian Wilson. He goes, Brian, Don Henley. Beach uh, Eagles. And he goes, uh, oh, hey. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Wilson is, yeah, you know, is. tough to talk to. Yeah. He's, and uh, and Don, Don Henley is is realizing pretty quickly this conversation is not going to go the way he thought it <laughs> yeah. was. And he says, uh, hey, do you mind? Uh, this is the first album I ever bought. you mind signing this? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, sure. You got uh, you got something I can uh, sign with? And he, so he hands him now, hands him the Sharpie. Brian Wilson looks at the album and stares at Don, looks back at the album and writes, to Don, looks back at him, thank you for all the great music. And then he starts slowing down and he looks at Don and goes, starts scratching off the word great and oh. writes good. Oh, no. And then signs his name. Oh, no. <laughs> Good. You know what? You're not great. You're not great. You're not, you're, not, you're, not great. you're not a beach boy. You're you know what? Let me, let me say this. You're good. Let me, let me scratch this off. You're good. You're good. And apparently, Don Henley loved it so much that he has it framed. Oh, yeah. And it's in the entrance of his house. Everybody, go see Craig Gass at One Night Stands Comedy yeah, Club tonight yeah. in Waterford. Tomorrow night in Waterford. Sunday night, 7 to 9. One Night Stands Comedy Club.com. Thank you for coming in, Craig. Pleasure Man, to hang out with you. I have so many more stories. I, I'll bet. I'm glad that we started this friendship. The next time I come back to Detroit, please, we got to start again. Yeah, one back in. Man, yes. have I got some stories. But All yeah, right. uh, one night stands or go to getgas.com. Getgas.com for right. tickets. Or Thank go you. to kissmerchandise.com. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's 760 WJR. If you, if you missed any part of this, go to kissonline.com. <laughs>